Not all of my friends spend their time devouring true crime content like you and I do. So when one of them asked me to cover the hashtag van life couple, I was so excited to make this short recap for her and any of you who may have missed the boat on the Gabby Petito murder that became a fascination for internet sleuths across Instagram and TikTok. This case is annoying to some because of the missing white woman syndrome, the idea that pretty white girls grab attention that should be equally spent on missing women and men of all backgrounds and all classes. But I think this case had extra appeal because a lot of us want to be living the kind of life that Gabby and her fiance were seemingly living. But it turns out that a lot of it was just smoke and mirrors. Hi friends, I'm Katie, and this is Katie Does Crime. Gabrielle Venora Petito was born March 19, 1999, and grew up in Blue Point on Long Island here in New York. She met Brian Christopher Laundrie, who was two years older, in high school, and the two of them began dating two years after Gabby graduated. Friends say the two were different from other people, loners, the bookish type, and that might be why they clicked. Brian's family had since moved to North Point, Florida, near Sarasota, and Gabby moved in with them when she and Brian got together in 2019. They both worked at a public grocery store before COVID hit and then quit their jobs and took off across the country on a road trip to California. Gabby celebrated her 21st birthday with Brian in March 2020, and they were engaged that July. Later that year, in December 2020, Gabby bought a 2012 Ford Transit Connect, a van that she converted into a camper so they could save money on their road trips by not renting Airbnbs. She started a YouTube channel called Nomadic Static to document their future adventures. It has one eight-minute video set to some chill lo-fi music, a montage of the two of them walking across the beach at sunset, sharing sushi while wearing hoodies, kissing by the Golden Gate Bridge. They're smiling with their perfectly straight white teeth and holding hands, her shiny blonde hair flowing in the wind. On July 2nd, 2021, they left for a four-month trip, having saved up from his job at an organic juice bar and her job at Taco Bell. And as an avid Taco Bell fan, I just love this little tidbit about Gabby. You and me, girl. The plan was to visit Monument Rocks, Zion, Bryce Canyon, Mystic Hot Springs, all these beautiful national parks where the two of them could be in nature and do the distance hiking they loved, and eat their food out of melon rinds because Brian said packaging is evil, and let insects feast on them because, as Brian's Instagram said, bug bites are better than being brainwashed by the media. It's either a little douchey or just very earnest. You make the call. A month into their trip, on August 12th, 2021, Witnesses called 911 after seeing Gabby and Brian fighting outside a natural food store in Moab, Utah. One said Brian had slapped Gabby. Another said Gabby had punched Brian in the arm while they had an aggressive conversation. And then it looked like Brian had been trying to leave with Gabby's phone. The second witness heard Gabby get into her van and say to Brian, why do you have to be so mean? The police spotted the van five miles up the road and pulled the two over, where they split up Gabby and Brian and had a conversation with each. In the body cam footage from the Moab City Police, Gabby is sobbing and says she was in the back of the van, straightening up because she sometimes has OCD and can get frustrated and mean. Not mean toward Brian, but just, you know, giving off bad vibes in general. And she was trying to work on her blog, but he didn't believe she could build a blog. So they'd been fighting all morning and he wouldn't let her into the van, which I should remind you, she was the van owner. The officer points out various injuries on her face and arms, and she acts like she's not sure where they come from, but finally admits that Brian had told her to shut up and then grabbed her face. Meanwhile, Brian was telling officers that Gabby had been getting worked up, and he was just trying to calm her down. He pushed her, sure, but he was just pushing her away from him so she could step back and breathe for a minute. That's when she hit him with her phone. 
Since Gabby had admittedly hit Brian first, she was viewed as the aggressor in what the police were calling a mental health break. They didn't charge Gabby with domestic violence because she said she hadn't actually meant to maliciously hurt Brian, but the two were forced to sleep separately that night, Brian in a hotel and Gabby in her van. Five days later, Brian took a flight home to Florida from Salt Lake City to close out a storage unit and gather some personal things so he and Gabby could extend their trip. Gabby stayed in a hotel by herself near the airport. On August 23rd, six days later, Brian flew back to meet Gabby, and it was two days later, August 25th, that Gabby would speak to her mom on the phone for the last time. This was also the same day that the final Instagram post was made on Gabby's account. It was a photo of her laughing in front of a mural of a butterfly holding a pumpkin. The caption read, Happy Halloween, but again, this was only August, so people saw this as super suspicious. However, people did spot Gabby after this. She and Brian were together at a restaurant in Jackson Hole, Wyoming, where Brian was remembered because he had an aggressive argument with the staff about money. Gabby came back later crying to apologize for how he treated them. From there on out, the eyewitnesses' accounts are only about Brian alone, always acting weird. One called him a generic white man, which I find very amusing. One said that Brian claimed to have been camping for days despite not being at all dirty and had offered them $200 for a 10-mile ride before freaking out that they didn't seem to be going the right way. Another had given Brian a ride to his campground, but said he started acting antsy and wanted to get out of the car before they got too close to his campsite. Two days after Gabby's last phone call and Instagram post, her mom got a text from Gabby's phone asking her to help Stan, Gabby's grandpa, because they kept missing his calls. Gabby's mom said it seemed strange to her because Gabby never called her grandfather by his first name. Another text came from Gabby's phone three days later that simply said, no service in Yosemite. And then two days later, on September 1st, Brian came back to Florida, in the van, alone. On September 6th, Brian and his parents went camping in Fort DeSoto, an island park northwest of their Florida home. No one had contacted Gabby's family at all at this point, and Brian's family continued not contacting them through September 11th, when Gabby's mom finally got too worried and reported her missing. Brian's family announced that his lawyer had advised him to remain silent three days later, and on the fourth day, Brian was named a person of interest. At this point, police had been surveilling the family home and saw Brian leave on September 13th and then return on September 15th. The local police chief told reporters, all I'm going to say is we know where Brian Laundry is at. But when Gabby's parents sent a letter to Brian's parents begging them for help, Brian's parents claimed they hadn't seen him since the 13th. And that's when the police realized the person who came back home in the car on September 15th was Brian's mom, not Brian. How adorable that they apparently looked that much alike. Brian had left home on September 13th with a backpack, saying he was going to the Carlton Reserve near their home, a place where he liked to hike. On September 19th, Gabby's remains were found at the Spread Creek Dispersed Camping Area in Wyoming. A TikToker says it was her report to the FBI about Brian being in that area and acting weird that eventually led authorities to the body. An autopsy revealed that it was manual strangulation, along with blunt force injuries to her head and neck, that had killed Gabby. She had been dead for three to four weeks. The story absolutely blew up at this point, with YouTubers examining every inch of material they could get their hands on. I remember coming home from dinner on September 22nd and seeing that one of my favorites, Aaron Stoner, had deconstructed a YouTuber's vacation footage from the area as they happened to pass by Gabby's van parked alongside the road. Aaron slowed down the footage, cropped it, and circled what he thought was a person ducking down as the vacationers approached. 
The next day, an arrest warrant was issued for Brian because he used Gabby's debit card for himself to the tune of $1,000. Believing his parents were hiding Brian's whereabouts, protesters began picketing their Florida home and set up a tribute to Gabby on the front lawn. Laundry baskets were left behind as a call for the laundry family to air their dirty laundry. Clever. Reality TV star Dog the Pounty Hunter even joined the chaos, knocking on Brian's parents' front door. He lost a daughter to a car accident years ago, so people thought he would have a personal interest in helping. And of course, his presence brought even more attention to the case. On October 5th, Brian's sister publicly asked him to turn himself in, and two days later, Brian's dad finally joined the search for Brian at the Carlton Reserve, where he had last told his parents he was going. Brian's local police department, the FBI, the Florida Wildlife Commission, and canine and search and rescue teams were all on the hunt in the 25,000-acre preserve. But meanwhile, people all along the East Coast thought they kept spotting Brian. A man said Brian waved him down from a white truck near the Appalachian Trail between North Carolina and Tennessee, saying he needed directions to California to see his girlfriend who loved him. But then, on October 20th, more than a month after he disappeared, police found human remains off of a Florida trail Brian was known to enjoy and that they had already searched. The body had been so ravaged by local wildlife that only a skeleton was left, but Brian's backpack and notebook were found nearby. They hadn't been spotted before because the area had been underwater. After matching the dental records, it was determined that Brian had died of a self-inflicted gunshot wound. Later investigation into his notebook revealed that Brian had admitted to killing Gabby and using her phone after the fact to hide the murder. In retrospect, friends say they should have spotted the obvious signs that Brian's jealousy and their toxic relationship could lead to this. Gabby's best friend describes blowout arguments that Gabby confided in her about and Brian's control issues, but Gabby's friend tried not to judge them. The internet was horrified by the art Brian posted on Instagram that was too dark to be associated with the free-spirited flower child people described Gabby as. And opinions were severely divided on whether the cops who recorded the body cam footage of Gabby in tears did a good job by separating the two or did a terrible job of spotting the signs of an abused woman. Gabby Petito's family has filed a civil suit against Brian Laundrie's family for supposedly knowing their son was a killer and helping him escape the law. But Brian's family has asked to have the case thrown out, saying they were only exercising their constitutional right to remain silent. This is obviously a heartbreaking story from all angles, but there's a real divide about how we should regard Brian's parents. On one hand, there are those who say that Brian's parents were in the dark like all of us were. A new law was passed by the Florida State Senate and will head to the governor's desk in the wake of this case that bans protests outside of private homes. On the other hand, there are those who say that Brian's parents raised and aided a killer and deserve all the heat they've gotten. What do you think? Should the parents take the blame for the sins of the son? No matter what we might think about them, it's hard to see a bright, beautiful life like Gabby's cut short so soon. Thank you for tuning into my podcast episode. I'm just a true crime fan like you are, and I really appreciate you taking a chance on me. Please subscribe and tell a friend if you like spending this time together. You can also find me on YouTube in the flesh by searching Katie Does Crime.